Good evening, patriots. For nothing is hidden except to be revealed, nor has anything been secret, but that had but that it would come to light. I'll tell you. It's about where we are in this world, isn't it? We're in a place right now when everything it was hidden, God is revealing before us, and we're having to <laughs> process the big old red pill right before our very eyes. Patriots, before we begin tonight, make sure you've got good products to sleep well. These times are stressful. They're going to get more stressful. Your sleep is valuable. It's essential for your health. And the best place to get those products is MyPillow.com. I've used MyPillow.com products for almost a year and a half, steady. I believe in them fully. I, I think there's, I don't think there's a better source of great products for your bedroom and for your bathroom and for the house. The Giza cotton sheets are incredible. The My Pillow Classic pillow, amazing. The mattresses, the comforters, the slippers, they're just fantastic products to make your life better, to make your mornings more enjoyable, and to just get that special night's sleep. I tell you this all the time. I don't sleep a lot. I Sometimes I go to bed at 2, 3, 4 in the morning. I'm usually always up no later than 7.30. Usually, usually my time to get up is about 5 lately. And whatever sleep I have, it is essential that I get good sleep. And truly, my pillow products make a difference. So if you go to MyPillow.com or MyPillow.com forward slash Bards, that's the Bards Nation's page on MyPillow and you use your promo code BARDS, you're going to be satisfied with anything you get on that site. Great products, great service all the way around. And if you want to speak to a real person, you can call 800-975-2939, 800-975-2939. Patriot Pillow Counselors on standby to help you with all of your sleep and pillow needs. Amazing company, a company that's fighting for our liberty all the time, and every dollar you spend it makes a difference. So head on over to MyPillow.com forward slash BARDS, Use your promo code BARDS and get hooked up. Well, I mentioned this on the weekend. I'm going to mention it again tonight with all the crazy going on. I forgot to, but we crossed, and I won't make a huge celebration about it tonight, but we did cross 29 million downloads over the weekend. 29 million downloads, and that's huge. So thank you very much. We have really been growing massively and it's it's wonderful to see and we'll hit 30 million by mid to end of September which is fantastic that's it's that's us working together that's God moving in with us we're all working in concert it's, it's really beautiful so thank you and we'll continue to push that out there these are difficult times and when we get into difficult times like we have had today is one of those I mean I think you can be pretty assured that they had a heads up that the FBI was coming to President Trump's Mar-a-Lago residence just because of the people that are around him and the security. But nonetheless, and I really don't care what your opinions are of Trump, and I think we all have, have had a, a swing both ways with him, especially since this injection. But nonetheless, an ex-president, former president, officially, I mean, that's I think he's still president, but as a officially by media standards ex-president, you don't send the FBI into his residence. 
That's a standard we don't do. That's political persecution. That's the garbage that goes on in Venezuela, which is where most of the left thinks is a good place to live. I'd like to send them all there. But I think the bigger question we have to ask is what's the motivation? Because, look, as we know, anytime something like this catches the media's eye, there's a lot more to this than just, oh, it's President Trump. I mean, the easy solution is they want him not to run. I, I would agree. There's that there, and there's criminals all throughout our government. Remember, the Congress and the Senate are just part of the criminal cabal. They're the publicly elected face of the public, of the circus and clown show that we watch. The real criminals live within the senior executive class, SES. The real criminals live in the FBI, senior command. The, the real criminals live in the CIA. The real criminals live in various government agencies spread out like HHS, IRS. This is a government that's out of control, that's going a full tilt right now to expand its grip on power because it's no, it knows what's coming. The economy is collapsing. People are dying from the shot they administered. They are trying to stay ahead of a massive social collapse that's going to point the finger at them. So they're going to point the finger at President Trump and they're going to point the finger at Russia because they're all on their knees fulfilling the needs of the CCP, whatever that looks like. And most of these people in Congress anyway are gay and lesbian and transgender and whatever other letter, letter alphabet you can stick on there. So it is literally a circus that we're watching. But let's talk a little bit about what the some of the things that are going on that would make this happen. The images from Hunter Biden's laptop are starting to surface, the darker ones. And they're dark, truly dark. I found one tonight, and it, it reads like this. This is a, It was a small girl that was tied up, arms tied behind her back. She's pretty much, pretty much naked. And the caption is, first image is being released from Biden's laptop. This is Nicole. She's 18 and was abducted in France. They listed her measurements and that she had no STDs. Her starting bid was $150,000. If you are voting for Biden to run this country, you need to wake the F up. Agreed. But those images are starting to surface. And... They are starting to come out. So the next thing is you've got the fact that in the investigations that are going on up in D.C., Holder and Obama are now being implicated through the Biden and Hunter Biden investigation. So all of these things are starting to come to a head and you can expect that they're going to do everything they can to keep people distracted. And that's important to realize because they want people emotionally swinging and, and we are going to get emotional. We're going to get upset. We should get upset at the FBI. One of my pushbacks and I, and I'm, this is an account I like and I'm going to call him out tonight because I, I don't typically do this, but I am going to call him out because I cannot stand these types of responses. And this is bioclandestine. Good account, writes great articles, but 
This one, I think he's out of place. And he reads this. Also, if anyone believes Trump was unaware this was coming, I have multiple bridges to sell you. You all think the FBI was planning to raid Trump and he didn't catch a wind of it? The FBI leaks everything. Trump has a plethora of loyal holdovers in the IC. Trump is working with the U.S. military, therefore military intelligence. His Secret Service details surely would have had to have been notified. Trump 100% knew this was coming. This smells like a trap clandestine. Look, those are all great theories. And they sure do make everybody go, oh, that's cool. There's a plan. But here's the real. And this is why I can't stand posts like this. And this is literally what's wrong with a lot of the Patriot push here. The real is that the FBI overreached its bounds and went after a, an ex-president in his home. I don't care if that president had a heads up or not. The fact is that we are at war. And when you start putting up posts like that, you start telling people, like, this message is what's coming across. It's like, trust the plan, people. Don't worry. Don't do anything. Well, no, do get active. Because this is exactly what they want you to do is pacify down and do nothing while they tromp over you and put a steel boot on your throat. Right? It just isn't the right response. And it's a response that, I mean, you heard in the last hour, I'm, I'm, I'm extremely clear where I stand on this. This is a red line we cannot let go. And hat tip to every patriot that mobilized down in Mar-a-Lago, in particular, I don't know who he is, but he's awesome, who walked up to the surveillance camera and held up his phone and then gave the surveillance camera with his full face in plain view the big middle finger with the mouthing words to go with it. Awesome deal. So it's, you know, the people that are writing on some of these, like it's, they're trying to point out like, oh, look what the left is doing. And oh, look, we must have known. I mean, that's all conjecture and theorization. And, and we don't have time for that. You know, you know, I don't, I don't talk much about this stuff called devolution. And there's a reason because devolution doesn't have it all. I, I've worked around these agencies too much, and I know most of these patriots that write this stuff have never worked in them. And I can tell you, devolution is, it gets a concept, but it doesn't capture the whole thing because there's a lot more intricacies to what's going on than just what devolution writes. But here's something, I'm going to read this, because this comes from Patel Patriot, another one I'm going to call out tonight. Very curious to see how this plays out. Don't overreact. This is for the headline. Expect the media to spin some bogus narratives in the coming days and weeks. Quote, our sources, in parentheses, who wish to remain anonymous because they don't actually exist, end quote, or in parentheses, tell us that Trump did something super bad and scary or super serious this time. And so then he ends with two bullets. Trump didn't do anything wrong. And number two, Trump wouldn't have anything significant related to devolution in his safe at home. I was like, what? Wait a minute. The entire FBI raid was about devolution. Didn't you know that, Patriots? Didn't you know that? That's entire, the entire FBI raid was about devolution. What that is, is that's how you validate your theory without any validation. It's pure garbage. And this is... The, I don't like stuff like this. You know that. I push back on it hard 
right now, people need to be focused in the here and the now. And this stuff that we're that's going on out here, like, you know, well, it's all a game. It's very real. This is a very real hostile takeover of our government. And it's very dangerous. And there are real lives on the line, and there's real things happening. The FBI didn't go in with water guns, okay? They went in with armed people. And however that was handled, we don't have the details. We weren't there. But the fact is that the FBI went into a former president's home. We have never done that. And I think that's the entire key here. So it is just, we need to keep it in perspective, okay? Because there's a lot of things happening. There's a lot of criminality. And and the problem, like all this stuff that focuses around like devolution or even these, you know, bioclandestine, their writings, I have yet to hear anything being discussed of consequences of Nuremberg 2.0. There's a substance. I mean, the real crime here, these are all distractions. And this is what we're seeing is the symptom, the symptomatic outwardly expression of a criminal cabal that's running this nation that has nobody checking them in power right now. And we've got a whole bunch of patriots out here that are like, oh, that's okay, Trump's with the military, everything's good. That's not something that weighs out in real life. Okay, there's a lot of people that are being victimized by this government. And so I'll just give you a few examples. Obviously, those that took the shot, that have been pressured by the government, that have been pressured to put their kids in school with and get the shot, whatever the reasons are, people are dying. People are injured. This is real. This is visceral. And I, I'm, I really think that there's a cognitive dissonance going on in the patriot movement, and I've said this for a long time, that I truly believe there's a good portion of those people that took the shot and don't want to face the truth. The truth is, if you took the vaccine, what they're calling a vaccine, which is actually a bioweapon, there's a high probability now that you have HIV in your system. There's a high probability that you've got some nanotech in you that's growing with the graphene oxide. And it's, it is literally growing inside of you. And there's a high probability if you have taken two or more shots that you're not going to live past 10 years. Sorry, that's just the way it's adding up. And that, that, that freaks you out, scares you, pisses you off, then sorry but not sorry. That's truth. We have an unprecedented level of homelessness. We have people that can't afford groceries. We have elderly that are having to find jobs to go back to work. And we have millennials dropping dead everywhere. You don't believe that? Look at the statistics with life insurance. Patriots, this is a very dark time in our nation. And we have to keep our optics on that darkness because if we start to drift off and start to live in these fantasy worlds, like, oh, there's something big coming in October. I'm sure there is. Just like there was something big coming today. Just like there'll probably be something next week. Just like there'll be something in September. The question is, what are we doing in response? And I'm not advocating, to be very clear here, no one's advocating some sort of like, revolution with muskets but we do have to be active in our communities to get in there to get meet with our sheriff to start working up plans to let the sheriffs know where we stand 
at least Florida is starting to work the right direction on this. And I, I really mean this. And I was very impressed tonight to read a couple of posts, one in particular, which comes from Anthony Sabatini, Representative Anthony Sabatini from Florida, and this is what he wrote tonight. It's time for us in Florida legislature to call an emergency legislative session and amend our laws regarding federal agencies. Sever all ties with DOJ immediately. Any FBI agent conducting law enforcement functions outside the purview of our state should be arrested upon sight. I 100% support that and agree with that. And that's, remember, when we work with the sheriff, the sheriff can set up a posse. He can mobilize a posse. And that means he can, he can deputize citizens to defend the counties. And that's why I always talk about getting to the sheriff. It's important to get the message to the sheriff of where we stand and what we expect as people. And that's how we start this fight and get the high ground on this fight. It's important. And right now is a critical time to get those messages to sheriff to have those. In fairness to Carrie Lake, I realize she hasn't won yet, but she has at least won the nomination. And this is what she wrote tonight. This is one of the darkest days in American history. The day our government originally created by the people turned against us. Well, I would argue that actually happened the minute they delivered the shot, but that's another subject. This illegitimate, corrupt regime hates America and has weaponized the entirety of the federal government to take down President Donald J. Trump. Our government is rotten to the core. Those tyrants will stop at nothing to silence the patriots who are working hard to save America. This is an incredibly horrendous abuse of power. We ex- if we accept it, America is dead. That's a true statement. We will not accept it, she says in bold. And then she says this. This is a very important. The Tenth Amendment can and will save our republic and the road to stripping the feds of power travels right through Arizona. We must fire the federal government. As governor, I will fight these tyrants with every fiber of my being. America, dark days lie ahead of us. May God protect us and save our country. At last, Carrie, thank you for mentioning God. Oof, that took you a while, but at least you did it. And these are important things to hear. And this is what's really important to, to acknowledge here. Just like that comment there, may God protect us. God works in amazing ways. And I, I'm going to say this. I mean, I, I'm going to call out people that don't acknowledge God, but at the same time, here's somebody has at least acknowledged God, not the way I'd want it, but that's not the point. Events like this do draw people towards faith. And it's really the way God works. And everybody comes in at different times and places. And so many times crises do promote that. Look, we've seen that stress with COVID. We've seen a lot of people turn from the pandemic out away from the pandemic and head into their faith and dig deeper into Jesus. And that's wonderful. We have to keep our strength in that walk and keep ourselves down that center path again, which is a very difficult path to go. I know this is going to sound uncomfortable to some people. But the fact is is that had we been seeing at this point where I sit, let me place it this way, because I've myself, I have 
moved along this path of politics in the United States a long ways from where I was, say, in 2012. But today, if I saw the FBI just wantonly raiding Obama or wantonly raiding Bush or whatever, I'd have to call it out too because unless there's justification, especially if you, if you look at like somebody like President Trump was in power and then all of a sudden all the ex-presidents got raided, that would be an abuse of power. We have a process that we go through and, we, and there is a way that we handle these things. And I know that isn't comfortable because we know a lot of the crimes these people have done, but there has to be a process. You can't just send the FBI in because you want to get a bunch of stuff and criminalize somebody. The whole idea of sending the FBI in with a dramatic raid and the media is going to know about it is so that they can diminish you and try to disparage you in the public eye. And whether or not they have any charges, or I should say it this way, whether or not they create and manufacture or fart out any charges, which is probably what Nadler would do. We don't, they don't need to because what they have done is they have literally, what they've done is they've tried to stain the image of a man further with those that are already on the edge or hate him. So they've just fueled that fire. We need to keep a lot of prayers up for this nation in waking from its zombie walk because there's still a lot of people here that are just in the illusion that the only reason they exist here is to buy useless crap from Apple and save a bunch of money and have retirement and die. And it's really a sad statement because life as it is is just so much richer than that. You know, I told you earlier today, I, I had an interview this morning with, and he's going to be on, I haven't decided whether it'll be this week or next week. I'm just looking at my schedule, but Pastor Travis Graham is going to be back on here in the next, either the, later this week or early next week. I did the re- interview today. Wonderful interview. We had a great conversation. And he is a friend, and I, I have a, a lot of respect for him as a pastor. I've told you that before. And that was, he, he was the one who mentored me into Christ and encouraged me in this path that I'm here now, and I'm very blessed with that. But we did talk a lot about influence and what it is to walk in Christ and to seed and sow seeds and really do the work of the kingdom. It doesn't have anything to do with headlines. It doesn't have anything to do with recognition, trophies, chest medals, whatever. And he has a great story about someone at the church and, and I'll tell it to you now, you'll hear it again. Uh, it's just an older woman that she had spent 50 years of her life. She didn't. She, this is just volunteered in the church for 50 years doing, doing Sunday school for kids. And out of that came at least two pastors that went on to pastor in Georgia. And I, I think there was actually more than that because as I remember, it was, there's two notable, but I think she had like five or eight that went on to pastor from her classes over 50 years. And you would never know. And she would just sit quietly back. She's 90-some years old now. And everybody that had been in that church and grew up in that church knew her. And that's seeding, right? It's a really profound thing when you think about the, the dedication to that. She didn't get any headlines. She didn't get any salary. She just did it because her heart was there with Jesus. 
and, and that's a true, wonderful, wonderful walk, right? And we need to remember that. Because there's a lot of there's a lot of just dumb stuff going on right now and in all these distractions. And the Barnes F this is a real interesting piece for me each day because we start the day with for me on the on the air, I start the day each day with you, with Ben Did Knee, and we, we we join in that with a little bit of news and headlines and we talk hopefully always about we always do a great prayer and we always talk about God and Jesus, which is wonderful. Bards FM is kind of that deeper show. It, it's it's the opinion politics, it's the editorial, it's the knowledge, it's a lot of the more visceral topics of culture, but you know, I will hope that we can always wrap it around in a prayer and keep that framework of God within us. And then Fishers of Men ends up always touching a little bit on where we were through the day and then coming back really with a center on Jesus, which as we should be. But I, for me, it's an interesting journey because as I go through that, like tonight, Bards FM was intense and, and it's, it's passionate and I'm, but to hear me, if I'm going to speak truth to you, I mean, I'm not speaking without checking in with God almost every word because I know it's intense and I know it's passionate and I get swelled up on stuff. So when you leave that sort of event, or that sort of show. And then you take a step down from that platform you're on and just let God just kind of settle in on your heart and let Jesus just kind of walk with you. We, we gain that perspective again. But I think what's amazing about that, and this is why I share this, is Jesus walked as a human. Yes, he was God's son, but he was in human form. And as we see with Christ, he did flip tables. He did pull out a whip. He did call out the Pharisees. And I say all that because there is a passion of living as a human being. We can't just mute it. And this is why I really push back when people are like, oh, don't worry, Trump's got it under control. And don't worry, White Hats are got it under control. Where's your passion for living as a human being? What's wrong is wrong. We call it out. And sometimes we're going to get emotional about it. And sometimes we're going to be very level and wise about it. And sometimes we're, we're going to be consumed in a moment with emotions of tears. And none of that is wrong. And it's like I've heard people say, before, I'm, I'm a guy that wears his emotions on his sleeve. I just do. That's my, that's, <laughs> I've got some Scottish in me and I've got a whole bunch of Dutch in me. I don't know. I'm a mutt when it comes to my back mix, but it's all kind of northern. European and I'm good with all of it and I've had guys before you know like really like, dude you know this is you can't show your tears or I'm like why not that's who I am if you think that's not going to make me fierce if you obviously don't know what a you know a strawberry blonde looks like I mean, I've got a plenty of red hair in me and trust me when you fire this one up you, you don't want to be around on the other end of it anyway but the point is that we're passionate, we're human beings. We, 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 as we show our compassion to one another and we're real with that. I, don't think, I think that's our whole problem is that we define this as like, okay, a man must not show any emotion, must be rigid, must... Look, I've run around plenty of those guys and it really kind of gets boring after a while. You're like, dude, come on, like, what's the deal? Be alive. 
This is my point. Be engaged. Be alive with the emotions that God gave you, but be centered with God. That's the key piece. And I say all that because there is a lot of emotion that comes out of a day like this. A lot of emotion. And in a day like this where there is emotion, it's easy to get swung aside and also ourselves trying to berate ourselves a bit. We're like, man, I shouldn't have God been so emotional. I, I don't agree with that. I don't agree. I'm going to be very honest with you tonight. I, I don't think ever in my show have I dropped an F-bomb. I did tonight. Right at the beginning. By the way, that show is up. It has a parental warning on the front end, just so you know. I just, I, that's why I didn't post right after the show. I went back and added a parental warning because there was some pretty harsh language tonight. And I don't make that a regular. But here's what was interesting for me. And I felt that one welling like a kettle ready to boil. And I was literally like, in my, in my mind, you're not hearing this, but I'm like, all right, Lord, I don't know about this one. And Patriots, I don't know where that one came from, but all I know is it just, boom, it hit. And this is why I say this. We kind of assume always that Father is just like, okay, don't worry, I shall have the level hand. That's not what Scripture shows. I mean, let's just take that incident with, we have Moses sitting on his lap and he's like, I'm going to wipe out these people. This is when he's on Mount Sinai. I'm paraphrasing, of course. I'm going to just level them all. And Moses is like, no, please don't do that. Please, Father, don't do that. It would make it look like you've led them out of the, into the promised land only to kill them. I mean, that he's intense. God's upset. And of course, we don't understand why if you don't know the story and you're just reading it and you don't really understand why yet he's upset. And so he just hands the keys over to Moses. And like, all right, you take care of him. And what's the first thing he do? He gets down there and he sees what they're doing. And he loses his freaking mind. I literally, he, they're, he's watching them revert back to the old ways and burning babies to the golden calf giving sacrifices, what all that's about. The Bible doesn't get a detailed, but all you have to do is look at the ritual and see what it was about. So he destroys the golden calf, and then he makes them drink the water. That is unbelievable, because that means there's water of the ashes of the children. And then, that's not enough. What is it, like 3,000 he slaughters? So you're like, whoo, that's some anger. And God doesn't, Admonish him for it. My point is that there is a righteousness and anger that we have to embrace. And I'm and so to be clear, this isn't like please go out and start swearing in the world. That is not what I'm trying to say. So I can hear somebody doing it. It'd be like, I don't get it, Bards. I went out and I was righteously cussing at the whole world and now everybody's mad at me. I'd be like, Yeah, you're dumb. That's not what I said. But the deal is, is that we need, when we're working closely with Father, there is a passion. There is a fire. It is the fire of righteousness. And if we can't, even if, if we can't, I should, if we can't embrace it and go after what that is and stand up for what's right, we're not doing our job. 
again, I've said this, I don't know what now, three or four times in the last two shows, hat tip to all the Patriots that mobilized down at Mar-a-Lago. I mean, seriously, that was fantastic. They jumped in their cars. I don't know where they came from, but they came from all over, and you had every, all sorts, including some good-looking Bubba trucks too, man. I'm telling you, Jeeps that were all painted up with red, white, and blue flags and big old honking four-wheel drives, and they weren't messing around. They came to the president's rally side. That's when I say you want to talk about doing something. That's how we fight, and that's a beautiful way to fight. And that's how we're going to beat this thing. When you have, let me go back in history a little bit because I think it's important. And I don't know, I don't know what age you are listening, but this is what I know. I mean, it's from a story. It's important to remember. Under Ronald Reagan, the first few years, the, we were recovering still from a pretty nasty recession, which is also extended back previously to the uh, in Carter years, Jimmy the peanut farmer that was going to disclose all the UFO mysteries of Project Blue Beam or whatever else. Man, I'll tell you what a time that was. Anyway, the IRS was on a full rampage, kind of like they're ready to ramp up again now. I'll just tell you two stories cannot tied to one. In my southern Oregon area, in my county, they were getting pretty radical, like kind of what the FBI is doing, but instead of raiding, they would just come in and lock you out of your business or lock you out of your house with big old government padlocks and stickers and say it's now possessed by the government, and they'll throw you in jail if you go in. So in my county, just in a little town north of where I was, they did this to a family that had a vacuum shop. And trust me, these were hard times. In my county at this point in time, we had lost over 20 small family logging mills. There was, I lived, I grew up in a time in this county when unemployment was over 20% and at some points as high as 30. It was brutal. And in this small town, just north of where I'm at and where I grew up, it was a small town that was suffering that, that, that type of unemployment. And it was, I remember going there in high school and just how desperate it was. And I, I've told this story before, but I just want to kind of highlight it again tonight because you would find people, they'd have these abandoned or not abandoned, but vacant buildings that the city would then allow people to just set up a small like having a permanent garage sale. You could just set up a table to sell wares and sell whatever you had. And, I mean, it was anything they could scrap together to buy, just make a few cents of a sale, and they weren't making much just to get a little bit of milk in the refrigerator. It was sad. So one of the families up there had a vacuum business, vacuum cleaner business, and they were behind on their taxes. So the IRS decided it was a good idea to come in and padlock their building and seize their property and tell them if they went in and got it that they would be arrested. Now the family couldn't afford the taxes and they were just making enough to get by trying to keep this business going. And this is a classic federal move. They're just going to, they think it's theirs to take and it isn't. So I, and I will always say this, um, the preppers of that time were called survivalists and God bless them. I mean this, what I'm going to say right now, where the, the law enforcement failed, they stepped up. And they put the word out all through Southern Oregon, and it was clear. 
And it was a bounty. And they said, dead or alive, they want IRS agents. They want them, and preferably dead. And that was true. I'm going to tell you how long that took. I think that took about two weeks, and there was no more IRS agents in our county until they checked in with the sheriff first. See, that's citizens doing their job. Because they understood very much what was at stake. Oh, yeah, they and, you know, the media tried to turn them into evil fascists or whatever. They're still cultural heroes with people that remember it. I was in high school at the time, and I had a lot of respect for what they did. Enough was enough. And at the same time, you had farmers getting their property seized by these thugs, tyrant thugs. And this is, again, this is like, this would be like a new version of Howard Zinn's History of America, if you've ever read that. People don't typically like it because they say he was a communist, but it's an interesting history to read because it's a people's history. A lot of stories that you don't normally hear about. But if you want to hear, like, if you want to look at American history early on in Reagan period, the real history happens in rural communities. And there's another one, like in the Midwest, where the IRS would come in and, and they were going to seize property. And farmers were barricading themselves in their house and having shootouts with federal agencies. It was usually the sheriffs who would end up having to step in and negotiate. And so one more for you. This goes into 2008. And... Uh, this is when the after the 2007 housing market crash, and this happened outside of Chicago in one of the counties up there. And I don't remember the exact county. But, of course, the big investors from Wall Street were sweeping in, and they were repossessing apartment buildings and then evicting everybody out. And their whole idea was evict everybody out. They're going to do some upgrades, and they're going to re-rent it at higher rents. And so they were leaving people homeless. And one, one of the sheriffs up there, with super important role he plays, and you can see this in this action, he put his foot down and he literally told them, you will evict nobody else in my county, period, end of story. I don't care who owns the damn building. And his point was, he said, if the building owner isn't paying his bills, but the renters are paying theirs, you've got no standing. Leave them alone. And he enforced it. I'm saying I'm giving you these examples because these are the type of actions we have to get very aggressive and mobilized on. And it's the type of actions which fit within the framework of flipping tables and approaching the Pharisees. We're not looking for creating a musket war. We are looking to creating a spiritual war that's victorious with the strength that God gave us. And we will bring justice to this land. There will be justice. And as we work closely with the proper authority of law enforcement in our nation, the only one, by the way, which is the sheriff. Not everybody has a good sheriff, but you're not going to have a good sheriff if you don't hold the sheriff accountable. And if we don't get active with meeting with the sheriff, talking to the sheriff about this federality garbage that's going on down in Florida, letting the sheriff know where we stand, what we're going to stand for as people. That's important. Not all sheriffs are educated as well on the extent of the powers that they have. They're getting better. 
But that's just the same principle as like, well, everybody should come to Christ. Well, that's a great idea. But how are they going to come to Christ if they don't even have a relationship or understand how to get there? This is part of our discipleship now, which is truth and confronting people in the principle of truth and our faith. We are a country built with God on the throne. We are subordinate to, to God and government is subordinate to the wills of the people. Not government trolling into counties with their up-armored black SUVs and their hit rigs to come in and blow in your door to have a bunch of federalities come in with the FBI screaming, get down, get down, get down, and then walking with their stupid blue coats and their letter, freaking letters on the back to say FBI as if they have full authority. You can, By the way, you can get those printed at any print shop around. So, I mean, you don't even know who you're dealing with here. It's a clown show. And it is the role of the sheriff to step in and go, not in my county. Remember, the squatters of the county are the city. They don't want you to know that. And they want you to, they're hoping that incidents like this with Mar-a-Lago and with Roger Stone, I'm not even getting into the issue of whether there's guilt or not guilt. I don't know. I don't, I, and that's not my issue. You know, I don't, I don't have the details to make an assessment. I can hear one side say he's guilty. I can hear the side say I'm innocent, whatever. That's irrelevant to me. There is a principal way of we do business in this nation, respecting one another, and the way that the system of judicial is supposed to work, which, of course, it isn't working. It's broken. It's defunct. It's a third-world rat hole right now. And the FBI is a criminal element of the state against the people. So what are our options? Because unless we get a million patriots storming the Capitol with torches and muskets, which probably isn't quite there yet, who knows? But in our hometowns, we need to be able to execute this properly, and that begins with your meeting with the sheriff. Letting them know where we stand and where we stand in our faith and where we stand in this whole garbage about our Constitution and how they're treating it and our Declaration of Independence, extremely important because that's the moral law foundation of our nation. Then we're good. And the sheriff starts to hear from us because they're part of us and they're not going to be able to govern if we aren't governing with them by giving our voice. And by the way, patriots, and I did, didn't say this in the last hour, but I'm stressing this. If you're going to go in to see the sheriff, you're going to go with a group to see the sheriff, pray for him. And if the sheriff can't see you, go into his office and pray for him in his office. No one's going to stop you. There's some power right there. And somebody was asking earlier, it's like, oh, do you have a guide on what we can say to the sheriff? No, I don't. Here's what you say to the sheriff. I don't want to see the federals in my, in my county. I don't want to see the IRS in my county. I want you to do your job to uphold the First Amendment, the Second Amendment, and make sure that we live peacefully here and keep the federals out. And if you're going to execute a warrant, that's fine, but they won't execute it for you. And here's something else. I want to pray for you. And I'm going to pray for you and pray for you to do the job that will lead you in this mission with with Christ at your side. That's how we approach our sheriff. And it's very important that we make those messages heard. It's, again, so in line with Scripture. 
Christ went into the temple with the Pharisees. He confronted them there. Why wouldn't we do the same? That's courageous. That's bold. Right? And we again, we need to stay away from these theories of hopium. They're like, well, it's all, you know, don't worry about it. It's it's all under control because it's devolution or it's all under control because Trump had the right intel. It's all under control. I will tell you this. From the people that I'm talking to, which I can guarantee you are much deeper in the system than most of these other people are hearing from. The picture, Patriots, is not clean. It's a mess. The military is in chaos. The government's in chaos. And they're they're witnessing from the inside the level of betrayal they never thought would happen. So I don't buy into a lot of the, at this point in the fight, I don't buy into a lot of the theories of the White Hats in control coming in to save everybody. I've said this all along. There are elements I know for fact are doing good things for America. But nothing's going to happen here unless we, the people, unite in a common understanding of where evil's coming from. Joshua's army could not have been successful if they kept telling Joshua, hey, don't worry about it. God's in control and we're good. Can we just sit over here and just watch the show with a bunch of popcorn? They weren't going to make it. That would be an interesting spoof on scripture, wouldn't it? And Q at the same time. Hey, Joshua, yeah? Do you have popcorn? Because we're going to go up and we're going to go see the, we're going to go see Jericho. Ridiculous. I mean, that took courage. So as I kind of wind this down, I just want to touch on that. I've got two things I want to touch on. I want to touch on Joshua, and then I've got one thing on the takeout I want you to hear. And so here it is. It took an unbelievable amount of courage for his army to trust in what that plan was. Joshua says they're going to Jericho. They're going to have to cross the River Jordan. They've got the priests ahead of them with the ark. And they're told that they're going to go out and they're going to siege Jericho. And they're going to do it by walking the city six times, once each day, and seven times on the seventh day. Now, I don't care whether you're a seasoned warrior or a young warrior. That doesn't sound like a type of fight in a well-fortified city that you're going to have a lot of good odds in. When you're walking the boundaries of the city, you're, you're... pretty much certain that they're going to start throwing stuff down from the battlements, pouring hot oil or throwing spears at you or something. And yet they did. And from the warrior point of view of conquering and sieging, that isn't a typical siege mentality. And whether or not his people were expecting a regular siege or not, I will tell you it, it had to take an enormous amount of confidence in trust in God and trust in Joshua to lead them to that place where they could do that. And even on the seventh seventh time on the seventh day, could you imagine like you've done six times and you're looking at Joshua going, dude, we have walked this city six times today already. It's hot. And you want us to do it one more time? And you want us to be singing? I mean, that, that's, that took faith. That took trust. And obviously what came of that was unprecedented brutality too and God won through his people 
So in all of this, I read in previous hour, read a lot of comments about people getting pretty frustrated. It's frustrating. Vent it. But hold the line. Keep true with God. God will guide us on this. There's no question. And don't think justice isn't coming. We will be part of it. We will witness it. It may not happen on our clock, but I guarantee it's coming. And all of this that we're witnessing right now is bringing us all closer to the Father. It's giving us a stronger base and clarity ahead. As a soldier, you never want to be jumping into a fight unprepared or emotionally driven. You want a clear-headed space. And then when you execute, you've got an initial plan, which you know that the first contact, your plan's going out the window, but you've got enough plan and clarity in your head that you can adapt and move, overcome, fight, and ruthlessly destroy the enemy. That is the objective. And that spirit has to be vibrant within everybody. And right now is this moment where you've got to get the clarity of where we are. And that's why I said the first step of any action like this is to get your ground prepped. Make sure your gear is in order and prepare your ground. Once you're preparing the ground, get to see your sheriff. Get talk to your community. Get your tribe in order because things are heating up. If they're going after Trump, you know things are bad on their part. That's a desperate act. That's a, They're almost at the Statute of Liberty play. And it's going to fail. It's going to fail miserably, but that's okay. So we'll do our prayer, and then I've got one thing on the out. So let's do our prayer. Father, we come to you tonight, which is very blessed. We thank you for this time of fellowship we have each and every day. We just very engaged with the moment of and the things of our moment in time, knowing that some of these are done for the dramatic effect. Some of these are done in particular to rile and rage people up, to drive them to anger. But here's what we pray for and what we also know, Father, that through you all things are possible, through you the great sense of fear and anxiety and all these emotions that this evil is trying to throw at us are just going to dissipate. So we just pray for that for all the patriots out here, just to breathe and feel that beauty and glory of Jesus within them, to calm, keep level-headed, and don't go fly off the handle. Pray for those who rallied for President Trump today. What a beautiful crew. And they rallied in peace, and we, we thank that we just are so blessed that we have people, so many people like this in our nation. We pray for the president, and we just pray that he'll humble himself before you, Lord. And as our prayers have echoed through today and yesterday, we truly and sincerely pray for him to accept Jesus in his heart, to humble himself before you, to lead the nation in a prayer of repentance and lead the nation in a prayer of mercy, request for mercy and to confess his love in Christ before us all. That would change the world, and we know it. We pray that it can happen. It would be the great shaking of the earth, quite frankly. And Father, we also just, we're going to put prayers out tonight for those in the FBI that decided this raid was a good idea, that went along with it because they were given orders or whatever their reason is. We can't affect everybody. We know there's some certain dark evil that have just decided that's the way they want to walk, and I hope they find a comfortable seat in the lake of fire or at least an elevator ride down, which you know very well. I'll help them get into that elevator with the boot in their butt. But here's what we do pray, Father. We pray that those that have some sort of 
clouded view or are being obedient to orders and not thinking, we pray that they will be touched by the power of Jesus, that they will open their eyes to what they're part of and now make a decision of whether they want to be part of evil or they want to walk the path of glory and good with you. And we pray that they'll make the right choice. So guide us, Father, in these times. We thank you for everything that you give us and bless us with. We say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. I am going to volunteer for that job, I told you. Be back there in the back row, jumping up and down. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing, my son? I'll be like, Father, I, I just want to be that guy on the elevator that gets to kick their buddy in with my steel toe boots and slam them into the elevator and give them a little down button and no bottle of water for you. No soup for you. No water for you today. Good down to hell and stay there. You bad FBI boy. Be something like that. Probably a little more dramatic on my end, but something. It'd be fun, though. I'll tell you right now. Hey, Patriots, so here's it's completely off topic, but this is good. And I've talked to Duncan about this, and I, and he, <laughs> all right, so you got to hear this. I've told Duncan, and I will talk about it afterwards, but he's agreed that if there's over, I think he said 75% consensus, he'll do this. Listen up, and then we'll talk about it. You got to let him know. Here it goes. Y'all really taking political advice from a white woman dreadlocks. <laughs> Man, that train is never late. White dude with dreadlocks. Gotta love it when people get racial with you. Yeah, never mind the fact that I'm a white dude who has a law degree, he's passed two bar exams, has a master's in biomechanics, and an undergraduate degree in history and criminal justice. And my dreadlocks are shout out to my culture, Scandinavian, Germanic, and Celtic people who rocked this stuff 2,000 years ago. The Rastafarian culture didn't start until the 1930s, so consider yourself educated, my brother. And so it is. If you think Duncan should wear dreadlocks, let him know. Because he said if he gets over 70% consensus, he'll do dreadlocks for charity and wear his kilt. And I'm in. So, <laughs> my vote is, yes, Duncan should have dreadlocks. In the shout-out to the old Celts. So, let him know. The, the jig is up. we got to let him know because if he gets out there and he's going to wear, we need to see Duncan, pictures of Duncan in dreads and kilts. That would be awesome. I'll tell you right now. He's our kilted Christian. Patriots, I hope you have a very blessed evening. Just remember to have some conversations with Jesus because that's just awesomeness. Take some time, talk to Jesus. Take some time, talk to God. And I mean, just remember our main goal here. In the midst of all this crazy, and there's a lot of crazy, and a, lot, and a whole lot of stupid too, we're here to help people find a way to get closer to Jesus. That's it. In the end of the day, if you want to sum it up in a mission statement, our win, what our win looks like is bringing people closer to Christ. It's a big win. Doesn't mean we're saving them. Jesus does that, but we're bringing them closer. So when we keep that in mind and we're looking at all this garbage, we just got to keep our prayers up and our work up and our disciple actions on the ground, sowing seeds physically and spiritually. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. 
God is with us. He'll never forsake us. Keep your prayers up, man. Keep your prayers up for this nation, for the healing, for the power of Jesus to wake up their hearts. And we know in the end, God always wins, but we are here in this time and this place for just such a time as this. We're at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. Patriots, I will see you tomorrow afternoon for Bended Knee. Until then or until the next time, God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. All this time we had to prove that we could stand here too. All the nights been pushing through, fight for all we had to lose. Reaching out for something to pull us up to level ground. Oh, I can see it now. I can see it now.
sometimes when belonging becomes something to find. We always come back to what we know. Keep it close on the cold days, darling. Counting all the ways where you are a safe place to hide from the rain.